0: This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, August 1st, 2021. More than a game, operation. Yeah. That's a whole nother game when you plug it right into the wall, yeah? There you go. Good morning, Connection Church. Really? That's it. It's 11, It's 1042. Y'all awake, right?
1: Good morning. good
0: morning. Good, 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 good. There we go. How about you at home? Good morning. Okay. So this month we've got a new series. We're going to be having some fun using five popular games as a springboard into more serious theological discussions as we realize that um, that these are more than a game.
2: Good morning, Connection Church my name is carrie jones i'm alan jones and we are two sinners who've been saved by the grace of our lord and savior jesus christ we are so grateful that you're here today joining us at 4744 summit bridge road and those of you online alan they are saying good morning um we have robert and tammy and oh Lorraine put it in capital letters good morning and we've got tim and laura and anna And Dave Ely, 38,000 feet on his, he's a pilot, on on his way to Montana. Wow, wow. So we've got a lot of people here, and they have joined us. We are one church, many locations. As we get started, would you please bow your head for prayer? Almighty God, thank you so much for today. It's a day that you've made. It's a day that it is no accident that any one of us are here today right here in this place or joining us online lord settle us in remove any distractions so that we could be laser focused on what you would have for us today we pray this in your holy name everybody agreed and said amen amen Amen. so today we are going to begin our series with my favorite game growing up operation you know i wanted to be a nurse i was a nurse for 40 some years So I have an active license, but I practice right here. And Operation, it's a prototype. Uh, The prototype for Operation was developed back in 1964 by a guy named John Spinella. He was an industrial design student at the University of Illinois at that time. And John sold the rights of the idea of this game to a toy designer whose name was Marvin Glass, and guess how much he sold it for? Five hundred bucks. And
0: he was yeah. a student, he and he cash. was a
2: student. You already probably know what how this is going to uh, come out. There was a promise for a job for this guy that did not pan out, <laughs> and Glass completely overhauled Spinella's idea, and as a result, the game of operation happened, and it has a current estimated estimated franchise value of $40 million in sales over the years, not a bad investment for just $500.
0: There you go. Wow. There you go. Anybody ever played this game? Have kids that play this game? Grandkids that played this game? Yeah. All right. Most of us are probably a little familiar. For those who aren't, oh, by the way, Miss Amy in the back in the, in the gym tells us this is the favorite kids game back there, Right. There we go, get some shaking of the heads here. Yeah, there we go. All right, so if you haven't played it, um, the idea is you remove fictional humorously uh, uh, named ailments made out of plastic from, now here's the teachable moment today. You remove them from a guy named Cavity Sam. Who knew that was the guy's name? See that, we're done, Carrie. Cavity that's Sam, their, that's, and, their that's it for today. today, that's the takeaway. You remove them with a pair of tweezers, and these ailing parts include things like a broken heart, water on the knee, a wishbone, a funny bone, some spare ribs. If the tweezers touch the side of the cavity, hello, uh, that's holding that, that ailing part, a buzzer sounds Thank you, Johnny. Okay, and Sam's nose lights up. Carrie, oh no, we didn't have that lined up today. The the person who retrieves the most ailing parts, hello, is the winner. Very challenging, though, if you've ever played it, because those little cavities are small and the tweezers are tight, and you better be very steady and have very good high hand coordination. I don't even think I'm going to play it now. It's beyond my capability. Anyway, it's far too easy to make that buzzer sound. And there we go. And the nose light up. This game's been around for like 60 years now. That's a long time. And and it's one of the top 30 board games of all time. How do you like that?
2: Nice history lesson of the game operation. Fascinating. What does that have to do with us here this morning? Well, in the game, Cavity Sam has a whole lot wrong with him. He is really messed up. He's got several other maladies in addition to what Alan shared in you know, the spare ribs and the broken heart. Um, and so the player, the game is designed so that the player removes the damaged parts, takes out the damaged mm. parts.
0: So here's the thing. What's it got to do with us? You, me, we're pretty messed up too. <laughs> we're pretty messed up too. We've got a lot of things wrong with us. Might not be your funny bone, might not be your wishbone, you might not have a spare rib or a spare rib. (laughs) On the other hand, many of us do suffer from broken hearts at times, don't we? And things of that nature. In fact, every one of us is, has been, or will be broken at one time or another, one way or another, and our brokenness manifests itself a lot of different ways, physic emotionally psychologically relationally spiritually and no two of us are broken in exactly the same way you know each of us is unique one of a kind and our brokenness yours of mine is not going to be fixed with a pair of tweezers hooked up to a battery a buzzer and a blinking thank you Johnny and a blinking red nose Our brokenness is not a fun and games kind of thing, is it? No. And it takes more than an operation, a mere removal to relieve what's wrong with us. It it takes the great physician, the ultimate healer, to take care of what ails us. It's a God thing through and through.
2: And so last week, in the whole month of July, we looked at David and... I don't know about you but I got so much out of focusing on the different aspects of David's life and um, David shares his brokenness a lot in the book of Psalms especially following his affair with Bathsheba and the murder of Bathsheba's husband Uriah David addresses his brokenness in Psalm 51 it is a psalm that Some of you might have heard before, it's his call to God to bring healing to his heart. Let's take a look right now at Psalm 51. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love. According to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins, and blot out all my iniquity. Now this is a song that we sing called, created Me a Clean Heart. It comes right from scripture. Listen to this. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. David recognizes that he is broken, having brought it on himself. And he also realizes that only God can cleanse him, can make him clean, can create a clean heart within him. Only God can restore the joy of his salvation and bring healing to his soul.
0: You know, that wasn't the yet, uh, end of David's challenges, as uh, the Lord had told him, there's going to be a challenge in your family basically the rest of your life, and, and it was. And so he had brokenness more than just. As a result of the Bath, well, as a result of the Bathsheba, it wasn't over and done with Psalm 51. But David knew where to turn for comfort, for strength, for healing. Here's what he writes in Psalm, another Psalm, Psalm 34. This is verses 17 to 22. This is the New International Version. He writes, The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the, say it, Broken-hearted, there you go. and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Wow, Crushed in spirit. Whew, that's painful. The righteous person may have many troubles, but the, the Lord delivers him from them all. He protects all his bones, not one of them will be broken. Evil will slay the wicked, the foes of the righteous will be condemned. The Lord will rescue His servants no one who takes refuge in him will be condemned
2: excuse me <coughs> so you who are broken hearted turn yourself back on
0: get the full volume of that sneeze there so who you who are broken hearted the lord is close to you you who are crushed in spirit The Lord brings you salvation. Take refuge in the Lord, we're told. You will not be condemned.
2: And so it is God and God alone who brings healing to our brokenness, who gives us strength when we are weak, who holds us up when we're ready to fall. Listen to what God shares through the prophet Isaiah. Today there's a lot of scripture If you want to go back and check it out, you can go back on our website, justshowup.church, and all the slides, all the scripture is right there for you to continue to reflect on. Isaiah 40, do you not know, have you not heard? The Lord is an everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Say the rest with me. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand.
0: And so it's God who gives us the strength we need to face our challenges, to confront our weaknesses, to find the healing for our brokenness. We all get tired and weary. All of us, young and old. We get... <laughs> Those who hope in the, open the Lord, though, will find their strength renewed. Their bodies, minds, and souls made new.
2: And so, in the game of operation, Cavity <laughs> Sam gets his brokenness fixed from the outside in, those damaged pieces removed. God deals with our brokenness differently, God deals with us from the inside out. Think about that from the inside out, sometimes removing, sometimes adjusting, sometimes rearranging or changing or transitioning or transforming aspects of our being to bring about healing for our brokenness, to bring about new life in Christ.
0: And so healing brokenness very often involves pain. Yeah, I'm not telling you, some of y'all don't, really, don't already know. So I've had both of my knees replaced. Now, they knocked me out for the surgery. Thank you, Lord. I watched those videos after the first one, before the second one. I said, yeah, thank you for knocking me out. I don't want to be there for that. Mm-mm. Now, but then afterwards, um, um they knock you out, and then they give you uh, pain medication so that it's not too bad, but... but Alan,
2: but, you always wake up, like, really happy and joking, and I'm always afraid of what you're going to say.
0: I'm more afraid because I have no idea what's coming out. But anyway... Yeah, there we go. <laughs> you got to get a buzzer for the next time. That's what you need. Yeah, so they give you... you know, <clears throat> A go-go juice, and you don't know where you are, and so, but then after you come out, and it's still not bad because they give you some delaudit or something to keep manage the pain, but then you get to go to physical therapy.
2: (laughs) Edna, you know, (laughs) I hear you laughing.
0: And their goal is to bring pain. If they don't see you wince, they haven't done their job, right? So, And if you pretend to wince, they know. You can't go, oh, and they go, no, wrong. They, they know real wincing. Tom was here earlier, he know he, we were talking to him. Now, he, he's not a, a physical therapist, but he, know, he has patients who go through it. <laughs> and so they, they, But here's the thing, it has to be like that, because no pain, no gain. Uh, you know, they push you past where you can push yourself, because we have things inside that say no when we get to a certain pain level. And if you don't get that knee back to uh, 120 degrees, then it's not going to bend like it's supposed to. Now, it works like it's supposed to, and it has to go this way all the way straight. Otherwise, you're going to be walking around like this the rest of your life. That'd be look pretty stupid, wouldn't it? Oh, don't give me pain. No, you've got to have some pain. It has to bring some pain for the full healing to take place. In order for you not to continue to be broken, it takes some pain. Now, and, and, um, now, it's, and it's not a game. <laughs> it's no game, like, like, like operation. <clears throat> now, here's the thing. Rather than physical pain like our knees, <clears throat> like my knees, the brokenness we're talking about this morning, it can be physical, but more often we're talking about pain that's emotional, psychological, relational, spiritual. And, and that's just as painful, if not more so, than, than physical pain. It hurts just... As bad, if not more, than the physical pain that I went through with my knees.
2: It's like when God is working on us, there, there is discomfort involved. I've experienced that time and time again. You know, like the game of operation and the buzzer sounds and the nose lights up when we're trying to get things taken care of on the inside when God's working on us to fix our brokenness, sometimes a spot is hit that we just don't like. It just is uncomfortable. And it may bring some inside pain, and it may light us up as well. <laughs> and like the game, game operation, sometimes God needs to do surgery from the inside out yeah i call it spiritual surgery removing things that cause our brokenness removing things that are separating us from god so that we can live a full life an abundant life a life of joy a life of freedom where our chains are absolutely gone in the gospel that's the good news of jesus christ In John chapter 15, listen to what Jesus tells us.
0: John 15, verses 1 through 4, New International Version. Just prior to this, Jesus tells us that he is the vine and we are the branches, right? The vine, and and then we're the branches. We're connected. We only get nourishment through the vine, right? We have to be connected in order to get our nourishment, in order to survive. Okay, so here's what he then goes on to say. He says, I, Jesus, am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener, and He cuts off every branch. Who are the branches? He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. So all of Jesus' branches, you, me, that aren't bearing fruit, just like a tree, if it's not bearing fruit, you cut it back, right? You tree people because it's sucking energy that needs to go into the fruit-bearing branches. Well, every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. So even though you're bearing fruit, you still might get cut back a little bit. Wow! So that will even be more fruitful. If you have a fruit tree, man, we used to live down on Seaford in Bridgeville. They had a a big apple orchard down there, Smiths. Man, whenever they did their pruning... They cut those things back. You think, are they even alive? They would prune them so that all that energy would go into making fruit, good fruit that they could sell. The bears prunes so it'll even be more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Remain in me, Jesus says, as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. Say that with me. No branch can bear fruit by itself. We ain't loners. We got to be connected to Christ. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me, Jesus says. And so he uses the analogy here of a gardener rather than a surgeon, but the idea is the same. Just like when parts of a plant aren't producing, need to be cut back in order for the plant to be more fruitful, sometimes God needs to prune us. Cut out some of our the unfruitful parts of our lives remove things that are separating us from jesus get rid of things that are causing that brokenness in our lives
2: all right so i need a little help here last week we talked to a, about a guy named david and who did god send to david as his editor nathan Bella. absolutely and we talked about Everybody needs a Nathan. We challenge you to figure out who is your Nathan. Nathan was the guy who God sent to help David deal with his own stuff inside, kind of put the mirror up to David's face and face his sin, the damage that he had done to himself and to others. This was some necessary pain that God inflicted in order to heal David's brokenness in his life. And so Psalm 51 that I read, a few moments ago, is in response to uh, this particular time in David's life.
0: Mm. So brokenness. Um, about 25 years ago, I think, give or take, it's around the time I started going into ministry. I don't have an exact date on it, but I was going through um, a tough time. I found myself in a really tough place, a place I hadn't found myself before. And, and, it, and it came to find out that I was dealing with some stuff emotionally from the past. You know how they always blame your parents when you were kids? Yeah. Well, not quite. I'm not going to go there. But it was some stuff actually from probably when I was a teenager or whatever and, and since. And, and I didn't realize what it was, but I, all I knew was it was emotionally uh, wrecking me. I mean, I was, I was broken. I, it, was, it was hard to, to get through the day emotionally, and I really didn't know what was going on. It's not like I was trying to pretend it wasn't so. I just didn't know what it was, and and so I turned to a guy who had found helpful in the past. He was a friend, a pastor, and actually he did counseling, Christ Center counseling. And looking back, I realized God brought me to him, or brought him to me, whichever way you want to look at it. He he brought him into my life so that God could work on me through this other person. And so we started. I started seeing him uh, as a counselor. I'd had counseling before. But, man, it was never quite like this. I was never quite as broken as I was in this case. And, I mean, um, I would see him once a week, and I mean, it was, I wonder if I was, and I don't mean um, uh, end of life or anything, but emotionally, if I was even going to get to that appointment, and it'd be like an oasis in in a desert for an hour or two. And then, emotionally, it was challenging again. I don't know if you've ever been there, but if you have, you understand it's a tough, tough place to be. Well... I meet with this guy every weekend, and slowly but surely, things are starting to heal. God used this guy in a very powerful way to bring some healing to my soul, to help me understand and, and, and make sense out of the things that weren't making sense. And, and with time, uh, I was able to um, get back to some semblance of normal <laughs> But but what's incredible is I look back I realize this was necessary because it was stuff I needed to deal with. But a bonus from that is through my ministry uh, in those twenty five years, it has helped me to talk to other people to sometimes counsel them to to uh, better understand when other people are going through emotional trauma like that that I would never have understood, having not gone through it myself. You know, realizing, wow, this is beyond just saying. Suck it up and move on. You know, it's, it's one of those things where you just don't suck it up. It, it takes some very serious counseling and God's help and God's strength to get through it. You know, the thing is, um, God knew I needed that. He knew I needed that in order to uh, be all God wants me to be, to, to heal whatever was in there that needed to be healing. But here's the other thing that i find just absolutely amazing about god you know god never wastes a hurt never wastes a hurt i wouldn't want to go through that again lord if we can avoid it i'll skip that i'll skip repeating that chapter but god use as use that over the years for his glory for my well-being and for the benefit of others and you know you just gotta praise god amen Amen. He can take brokenness and not only heal it, but use it for really good things. Amen. Amen. Yeah.
2: So God does want to heal our brokenness, so much so that sometimes God uses pain and suffering to bring that healing about. Sometimes it's you and sometimes it's me who experiences that, but ultimately it's Jesus who experience that to the max. It's through Christ's suffering and through his pain that our absolute healing takes place. There's a section in the book of the Bible, um, Isaiah, and Isaiah focuses on the suffering servant, the, um, a foreshadowing of Christ's suffering and death and resurrection that would happen some 700 years in the future. I'd like to read Isaiah to you. Isaiah 53, verses 4 through 6. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each one of us has turned our own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all.
1: Hmm.
0: So sin brings brokenness. And through his suffering and pain on the cross, Jesus heals brokenness, redeems that sin, offers us eternity with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, restoring us to the person God intended when God first thought of us. In the book of Revelation, last book of the Bible, last book, uh, you know, a picture of what is to come, of the end times, God God reveals through the writer John a taste of, just a taste, because our minds really can't fully comprehend, but a taste of what eternity will be, where all brokenness is gone. Wow, can you imagine? All brokenness is gone, where life is restored. Revelation 21, verses 1 through 5, this is the New International Version. Just picture this. John's saying, I saw, because he, what he's seeing is this vision that God's given him. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven the first earth had passed away and there was no longer any sea sea represents um, not the good stuff separation, Separation, the depths. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband and I heard a loud voice from the throne saying look God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them they will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. Say this with me. He will we'll wipe, wipe, wipe away every, every tear, tear from their, from their eyes. eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things had passed away. Can you even begin to imagine? He was seated, who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything... And then he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy, true. Yeah. yeah.
2: So here we have it in the book of Revelation the end of brokenness. No death, no mourning, no suffering, no tears. I don't know about you, but that's where <laughs> I want to be. Such an awesome, awesome place. Yes, I love it here, but I cannot wait to see what God has in store for the rest of my life how about you how about you are you feeling some pain are you feeling some brokenness do you feel kind of messed up inside are you in need of healing are you in need of some wholeness well truth be told it happens to all of us not one of us is exempt from this because that's called life and that's why we need a savior And his name is Jesus, and he is the miracle maker, and he is the way maker. He is the promise keeper, and he came for you, and he came for me. He is the great physician, the ultimate healer, the one who comes. He came, but he comes and will come to be with us now and forever in our time of need, in our time of joy, our mountains, our, our mountains, our valleys, and everything in between. Because truth be told, the promises of God, which are so abundant in Scripture, is that I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. The other promise, nothing can separate you from the love of God found in Christ Jesus. Connection Church This place, it is not a country club for the well-to-do and for members, but it is a hospital for the healing. It is a place for the sick to come and receive the balm of Gilead, receive care and receive love. And that's up to each one of us. We never know when somebody walks in through this door what people are going through. And so it's up to every single one of us here to say How are you? And listen for the answer. And to give a smile. And to be kind and compassionate. And yes, sometimes we we mess up and sometimes we might walk by, but I know that none of that's intentional. We need each other. Because we are bound together by the Most High God who is the Great Physician. And this life Life is difficult, but life is wonderful. But life, it's more than a game. It's more than a game. We have life here on earth and in heaven, life eternal, and that's a long time. So it's going to be glorious here on earth and in heaven, and we've got Jesus to travel every step with us that's the good news of the scripture let's believe it and let's live it amen amen Amen. let's pray almighty god thank you so much for your word found in scripture thank you for the psalms where david cries out in psalm 51 thank you lord for isaiah where we hear about the suffering servant that will come 700 years in the future who did come to save us. And Lord, we thank you for Jesus who went the distance. Truth be told, we need him desperately. He's the one who gives us every breath we take. So help us, Lord, lean in closer and closer as we walk this thing out called life. It's not a game. It's the real deal and you are with us every moment, every step. I thank you and praise you in Jesus name
1: Line number one, supposed to add it all together. And when they ask how you're doing, just smile and tell them, never better. Lie number two, everybody's life is perfect except yours. So keep your messes and your wounds and your secrets safe with you behind closed doors. Truth be told, the truth is rarely told. I say I'm fine, yeah I'm fine Oh I'm fine, hey I'm fine But I'm not I'm broken And when it's out of control I say it's under control But it's not And you know it I don't know why it's so hard to admit it And being honest is the only way to fix it Well there's no failure, no fault There's no sin You don't already know So let the truth be told there's a sign on the wall says as calm as you are but i doubt it because if we live like that was true every sunday morning q would be prouder didn't you say the church should be more like a hospital A safe place for the sick, the sinner, and the scarred, and the prodigal, like me. Truth be told, the truth is rarely told. Oh, am I the only one who says I'm fine? Oh, I'm fine. Hey, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm fine. But I'm not. I'm broken, and when it's out, control, I say it's under control, but it's not, and you know it, I don't know why it's so hard to admit it, when being honest is the only way to fix it, there's no failure, no fall, there's no sin, you don't already know, so let the truth be told, can I really stand here unashamed, knowing that you love? alone? me won't change, oh God, if that's really true, then let the truth be told. I say I'm fine, yeah, I'm fine, oh, I'm fine, hey, I'm fine, but I'm not, I'm broken, and when it's out of control, I say it's under control, but it's not, and you know when. I don't know why it's so hard to admit it When being honest is the only way to fix it Well, there's no fail, you're no fall There's no sin you don't already know Yeah, I know There's no fail, you're no fall There's no sin you don't already know So let the truth be told